Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Good morning, everyone. Well, you can probably tell by my voice, this isn't Becky or Sharon. This is Yvonne Nidegger. I've had the pleasure of hosting a couple of shows with Sharon. But right now, both of those lovely ladies are traveling in Europe. So they're having a wonderful time. And while the cat's away, the mouse is going to play here. So welcome to the Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Uh, I am a six-year breast cancer survivor myself. And I'm soon to be the patient services coordinator for Breast Friends, which is a really exciting jump for me. I hope that any of you out there who are, are needing breast friends or helper assistance will feel comfortable to call in, especially after hearing all the wonderful topics we're talking about. And speaking about topics, we've got a wonderful guest today, Sophia Traeger. Sophia is a sex and intimacy coach. Welcome, Sophia. Hi, Yvonne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, we're so excited to have you here. This is such an important topic for anyone who's been through this journey. And, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of things that the doctors are wonderful to help us get through with. But the time right after you finish your treatment and even during treatment, when when the situation of both sex and intimacy come up, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of, a, of help out there for women. So I'm hoping today you can shed a little light on some ideas to give them some pointers and help things move along in that direction for them. So welcome. Thank you. I, and so, I'm happy to be of service. Well, and Sophia, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this field? I feel as if this has been my calling pretty much all my life. I've always been interested in relationships and sexuality, and I've been on my own personal journey for a very long time in terms of really getting in touch with and becoming intimate with my own relationship with sexuality. How important is that for every woman? Yes. Yes, so I've had quite a journey in learning about myself uh, through sexuality and seeing both the shadow and the light in my journey. And so I just noticed that in the world, there is so much that we don't talk about and we don't allow ourselves to experience, especially in the realm of sexuality in our culture. And it's something that really bothers me. And I, I want to bring to the world an opening to have this conversation in a way that we can talk about anything, in a way that we can talk about the weather or food or politics. I want sexuality to to be that kind of conversation where it's mainstream. And so that's why I'm so excited to be on the show, to be able to give uh, women and survivors and their families and friends and colleagues that invitation to have this conversation. 
communication is so important and, and it's surprising, like you say, in our society, something so important and so valuable and so cherished is, is almost kept in the closet. We don't um, bring it out into the light of day very often and, and it's, it's something that we really should be sharing and embracing and, and feeling comfortable talking about at any time of our lives, but especially when we're going through a difficult time that's maybe had a direct effect on that relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what do you, th- with sex and intimacy, I know uh, there are so many situations that happen when you're going through breast cancer. Uh, having been a survivor myself, I've experienced many of these on my own. And, you know, there's an awful lot of things that happen um, that can be tied right into the treatment and into what's happening to us in our bodies. Um, what do you think is the most common issue when custom when, when women are coming through breast cancer? What do you feel are the most important things? things that they're facing. What I would imagine to be really challenging for women is because there's this identification with the body in our culture, we have been taught both men and women that our bodies make us who we are. Oh, isn't that true? (laughs) Yes. So, we're judged by our bodies and that, I mean, our bodies are beautiful and amazing and vessels for um, carrying our hearts and our minds and our souls. I come, the way that I come in for sexuality is I, I infuse it with spirituality. So to me, the body is, is really the temple, but the way that our culture has taught us about the body is either it's, uh, revered, and it you know you have to make it look quote unquote perfect, or it's um, repulsive. So there's this spectrum of how we look at the body, and then also how we look at sexuality. So I imagine that the challenge for uh, women going through the process of treatment and then afterwards is. Well, what what does it mean now that certain body parts may not be there that were highly associated with their sexuality and associated with pleasure? And yeah, it's that's really a, a huge oh. identity shift. And that's a really strong um, note that we hear resonating through all women that go through, especially the mastectomy process, is that, you know, we place so much emphasis on the breast area as being our sexuality, whether it's visual or it's just that that happens to be the area where we get a great deal of pleasure from. And to suddenly be robbed of that is a really big shift in how we view our own personal sexuality. So, yes, I'm, I, I completely agree that you have to shift from the physical to somewhat more spiritual. It sounds like that's, you know, perfectly what we're looking at. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know with sex and intimacy, it's so much harder for for the um, couples who've experienced cancer. And as a couple, I imagine there are a lot of things that uh, men and women face dealing with a partner who's been through a traumatic illness. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I was was also, I'm glad you mentioned that it's traumatic because it is a trauma. And so with any trauma, there is this process of allowing the the woman going through this process to 
feel all the feelings that she's having and for her partner to be able to hold space for that and to allow her to express whatever it is that she wants to express and allow herself to be vulnerable and that to be accepted. So there's that dynamic that's really important. And also, I don't, I don't know if women receive permission to redefine what pleasure is, to redefine what orgasm is, uh, to redefine how to experience pleasure, not only using their body, but using their minds and going into a more spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's where the pleasure is at. It's not just the body. It's not just the breasts. It's, it could be a full body experience, a full mind and spiritual experience. And I don't think that a lot of people receive that, receive that kind of um, inspiration. Yeah, and, and how do you become more comfortable with your new body? That's, that's the $10,000 question. <laughs> yes. Well, like I said, it's, it's a redefinition. So there's, I, it's a huge, it's a really huge process. It's a process of getting to know yourself again. Because the core essence of a woman never changes. The core essence of a person doesn't change, but we forget who we are uh, because it's buried under ideology and societal messages and our identities and the, all the different hats that we wear. But when, when a trauma like cancer happens, um, we believe that we're broken. And that's not the case. There's no brokenness. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. It's an unburying of the woman's true essence. And I so, love that. Yeah. So to come back into the body, that's, it's like when you have a fear, the best way to face the fear is to go through it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the breasts are removed and the body looks different and a woman is looking at herself in the mirror is to be able to, and again, this is a, a process of knowing herself again, to be able to look at herself in the mirror and see the divinity. And I'm not speaking in religious terms. I'm speaking right. in this really big, like, <laughs> in this big sense of like, who am I when I look at myself in the mirror? And right. it's not, you're not a body. You are so much more than that. So to, to see the divinity in yourself and then to have your partner and others see that too, um, that's how you transcend identifying with the body and that's where you can enter a space of relating differently and connecting and having all different kinds of intimacy that includes sexual and experiencing pleasure in ways that you never have because it could be so much deeper. 
it's almost like embracing yourself all over again. I, I it's like giving yourself yeah. a big hug and saying, you know what, um, I am I'm fabulous, which I, I think women need to do more of, regardless mm-hmm. of what we've been through. We are at the core, you know, amazing creatures. And um, yeah, I, I love what you're saying. I think it's wonderful. I think it's something that, you know, I know resonates with me, and and I'm sure with lots of other other listeners. And I know there's mm-hmm. a, a, a term that you you talk about a lot and that's the to live with pleasure and joy maybe explain that a little Mm -hmm. bit for us yes well I am dedicated in my own life to live and lead my life from pleasure and joy and the way that came about for me was I realized that a lot of decisions that I was making and I saw this with so many women and so many men is that we make decisions to avoid pain. Hmm. And so when I started asking people, well, what is it that you want to do right now in this moment or, or think right now in this moment that feels good, people were stumped. They didn't know how to answer that question. And the more that I asked it, they're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? What can I do to feel good? I know how to avoid pain and I know what I need to do to get things done. But what do you mean feel good? What do you mean do things from pleasure? So that's, that became my mission where there is a way to live. And I know this from my own experience, my own embodiment and from working with people that there is a way that you can shift your mind and the way that you see things so that you can make decisions from joy, from pleasure. Of course, there are things that we have responsibilities and we don't give up doing those responsibilities, but we can even do those things from a stance of pleasure and joy. And it is a mind and heart shift seems almost like a more um, tender version of the glass being half full rather than half empty. You know, it's on a more spiritual level, but the same idea that, you know, we, we need to shift our thought processes when we're facing challenges or even just in everyday life to think of things as being a more pleasure and joy opportunity rather than the opposite. So, yeah, I can yeah. definitely see that. That's amazing. And you've also yeah. coined the phrase radical pleasurist. I love that phrase I want to be one of those so you are you are (laughs) so what is that Uh, thank you uh yes I am building a worldwide community of radical pleasurists and when I was again this this idea of living from pleasure and you're right it is a complete rewiring of our physiology and our brains um so that you really think differently. It's, it's a miracle. And the way that a miracle is defined is a shift in your perception. That's what a miracle is. Any moment that you can shift your thinking and perception, you're experiencing a miracle. When I was thinking about and creating my programs for, uh, for men and women and thinking about pleasure... I just, I was playing around with words and I, 
I came up with radical pleasure. And the the definition of radical pleasure is a far-reaching and thorough feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. Oh, I and love who doesn't want that? Can I and have it on my that, wall? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. And who doesn't want that? So, because again, another thing that I noticed was that intimacy, the words intimacy and pleasure are very charged for people. As soon as I would, you know, I go to, I network a lot and I meet a lot of different people. When I would use the words intimacy or pleasure, uh, I would run screaming fear. I would notice fear <laughs> in people's eyes, and I'm not speaking about you know carnal sexuality. Intimacy is everything in my eyes. Every moment that you're connecting with yourself or somebody else, that's intimacy. And so, a, a part of my my work is education and expanding people's consciousness around what intimacy is and what pleasure is. So then the world word radical came in because to feel pleasure all the time and to choose pleasure all the time is a radical idea and it's far reaching. And then from that, I just played around with words and decided, well, if you are going to live by radical pleasure, then you're a radical pleasurist. Well, I'm joining that team. I think that's absolutely fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to join that team. Oh, I think it's just wonderful what you're doing. And, and it's exciting to, to hear you speak about intimacy in a way that is all-encompassing. I think too many times it has the limited perspective of just being sexual. And I do think that there are opportunities to take that word and, and really make it something more special. So I love that. I think that's great. Now, I'm actually going to get ready here. We're going to start to get ready to go to break. And I will say, any of you out there that are listening right now, if you'd like to call in and talk to Sophia a little bit about your situation or share your story, we'd love to hear from you. Um, If any of the topics have piqued your curiosity, here's your chance. Uh, We have got to take a short break, so callers are invited to call in. The phone number is one 866 Four seven two five seven nine two, and you can even use a different name if you feel uncomfortable calling in about sex. We know how that is sometimes. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're really enjoying having you here today, Sophia. I think this is a great opportunity for women to kind of take a deep breath and and reevaluate their own sexuality. So, thank you so much. When we come back from the break, we're going to explore a few more topics with you. Beautiful. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. And we'll chat again in just a few seconds. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. It's Yvonne again. I'm filling in for Becky and Sharon while they're out of town in Europe. Bless their hearts. And we're having a wonderful show today. We're talking with Sophia Traeger. She's a sex and intimacy coach and has really been shedding some wonderful light on the issues of intimacy after cancer. And um, Sophia, I can't tell you how much we're enjoying hearing your insight. This is really wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity. This is I love talking about this. <laughs> well, and as we were kind of talking before we went to break, um, the radical pleasurist, I love that term. But we all know as women how uh, making decisions so oftentimes come out of duty, obligation, fear, guilt, doubt, and shame. I know you feel that there's another way that we should live. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. And as as I was saying earlier before break, uh, it is... It's a practice uh, to shift the way that we live and the way that we think from making decisions. And it's, it's really about getting into the body. I speak a lot about coming into the body. And this is so relevant to women who are survivors because of the, um, the identification with the body and I also mentioned that to face fear, you have to go through it. So we, women may want to avoid their bodies, but to really get back in touch with themselves so that they can experience pleasure, they have to get back into their body. So when making decisions and when living day-to-day, the, there's this deep inner knowing that everyone has and that a lot of us, most of us are not connected to. So when we're making decisions and there is a constriction in our bodies, there's a tightness or a tension that usually a lot of times means that we're making a decision that's not what I call a hell yes. (laughs) I like that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very clear. So, we're Whether making it for everyone else or for, for other reasons yes. besides ourselves. Yes. Yeah. We're accommodating others' needs. We're, we don't want to make other people feel bad. Women are especially good at that, at sensing and seeing what others are experiencing. And so trying to manage other people's feelings instead of, instead of our own. Right, um, not rocking the boat. So many, 
there's just so many dynamics that go into this, and it's about developing a practice of continuously checking in, checking in with yourself and making decisions from this deep place of trust and knowing that your decisions, when you're making them from pleasure and joy, may not be pleasurable and joyful for other people and being okay with that. But also a really huge piece of this is being able to receive, to saying yes to pleasure and joy. Without that invitation to receive, which we're not good at either in general, <laughs> we're, very good at, we're very good at giving and doing, but we're not good at receiving. We're not good at receiving love. And this is, these are deep wounds. This is not just about the trauma of cancer, but these are deep wounds that we carry our entire lives. Mm-hmm. This yeah. this inability this um, this fear of receiving. So if we can't th- receive, then we can't live from pleasure. Well, and I think you're really true there is that um, a lot of times with your partners, especially, uh, there's a there's a back and forth concern that uh, the 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 woman is worried about um, what he's concerned about and he's worried what she's concerned about. And neither one of them are really uh, relaxing. And as you say, finding the joy in the experience, they're spending too much time worrying about what the other one is thinking or feeling or seeing or needing. Um, instead of just kind of concentrating on themselves. And mm-hmm. I can see where that would mm-hmm. be a, a, a real common obstacle, especially for women going through cancer who are juggling so many things from uh, mm-hmm. you know, the change in the body to the change in just their emotional uh, outlook on themselves sexually. And there's another issue with cancer that a lot of women are going through different types of treatments that can cause some very serious biological changes that do make sex very uncomfortable or uh, mm-hmm. very challenging. So, you know, all of those things are going to come into play when we're when we're talking about finding our joy. We have to kind of push all those things away and just say, "Okay, this is this is all about this and not about all those little baggages that we carry along with us." So, yeah, I can mm-hmm. certainly see that. You also mm-hmm. mentioned that there are feminine and masculine energies. I'm really curious about that. How do they affect how we show up in the world and, and how we relate to each other? That's really interesting to me. The way that I want to relate feminine and masculine energy is in the way that women connect to their partners and how, par- how, how couples connect to each other. There are, in every, in all of us, we have different, um, different ways of relating to the world. And there, there are masculine, feminine energies. And it's not a gendered thing. It's not based on biological sex. It's, it's how we choose to interact. The masculine energy is the energy of holding space and being present in the world. It's mm. the energy of being focused. Um, anytime that we're doing something, we are tapping into our masculine energy. So when we're focusing and we get lost in a project, that is us tapping into a masculine energy. 
Is that kind of like and the right brain and the left brain idea where different different yes, parts of definitely. you are, are kind of more in this, I guess, in the driver's seat at certain times with certain projects? Yes, exactly. That's a really good way to look at it. And so the feminine energy is the energy of surrendering, the energy of accepting all of the emotions that we feel and any kind of expression that we have uh, through art, through poetry, through dance, through speaking, cooking, any way that we express ourselves, we are tapping into our feminine energy. And the feminine and masculine are polarities, but they really are inseparable. You, they're always somehow together, and they're, the best thing is to be in balance, mm-hmm. of course. That's what we strive toward, but you know, sometimes we're skewed toward one over the other depending on a situation. So in, in relation to couples... And a woman going through cancer, there are going to be moments when, uh, for example, her partner is going to need to hold space for her, is going to need to tap into his or her masculine energy to be able to create a safe container for his or her partner to experience whatever emotions she needs to experience. And the woman expressing her emotions and being vulnerable and trusting, trusting is a really big part of feminine energy, that's her being in her feminine energy. And so there needs, imagine if two people are both expressing and, you know, you know when women are speaking and they're interrupting each other? (laughs) Uh Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's totally okay. Right, right. But that's women being in their feminine energy. And it's fine, there isn't a conflict there, but when you have a couple relationship, there needs to be somebody at any given time where somebody is holding space while the other is surrendering and giving, and also the feminine energy is the gift of love, seeking love. And so there there needs to be a balance. Oh no, go ahead. That's it. There needs well, to be a balance. <laughs> there needs to be a balance. Oh, I'll share something personal that, that you know, when you're talking about this, uh, I had the most amazing experience with my husband that I think is an, a, a really close analogy to what you're talking about. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, uh, I would go to him and I would be crying and emotional and scared and all the things that you would expect to be. And his reaction to me was to say, don't worry, honey, you're going to be fine. Don't cry. Don't don't feel that way. Don't do that. We're going to get through this and all that. And I didn't find myself being healed and supported by that because it was mm-hmm. almost like he was trying to fix me. And what I really mm-hmm. needed was for him to allow me, as you say, that space to be what I was needing to be. So I finally sat him down when I wasn't terribly emotional, one of those few moments when I wasn't crying. <laughs> and I said, mm-hmm. you know, honey, if you really want to help me when I'm having one of those lovely emotional breakdowns right now, all I really need you to do is hold me in your arms, tell me that you love me, and let me be, and let me get it all out. It's almost like opening up the dam, and once it's all out, then I'll feel so much better. 
And, you know, that was a relationship changer for us that continues to this day because he now knows that he doesn't have to be that masculine component and fix me. He just Mm -hmm. has to, like you say, open that space for me to be able to step into safely and have him Mm -hmm. kind of embrace me. And I, I tell you, if there's anyone out there who's going through this and has a husband who is doing what, you know, men men are trained to do this. This is what they're supposed to do. It's not like it's a strange thing. But if you just well, open up the dialogue. Well, masculine energy. Yeah. It's also a masculine energy to want to find solutions. The masculine is very purpose-driven. And so it's, it is somewhat cultural. Um, it's exaggerated in our culture. But the masculine energy is purpose-driven. And again, it's not a gendered thing because women tap into their masculine all the time. It's just been over-exaggerated. And we've... that we've entered into the shadow of the masculine in our culture Mm. where we're manipulating and controlling. But the true masculine is, again, like you said, the one that holds space. That was a really great example. I love it. Uh, Because your husband was tapping into his masculine energy in both ways, the way of wanting to be perfect and help you, but also when you asked him to hold space for you and he's, the masculine is very powerful in doing that. And it's not, I just want to keep emphasizing because a lot of people are going to get hung up on man, woman. It's right. an energy that we all have. We have both energies. You, there's times when your husband has been emotional and you've held space for him. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. Tapping into his feminine expression and you were tapping into your masculine strength of holding space. It's, it's a dance. It's a play. It seems to me that same energy when you start talking about intimacy and especially going back into an intimate relationship after having cancer and dealing with whether it's the biological changes or the emotional um, trauma that you've been through, it's the same type of thing. You know, you're trying to find balance between the two partners and um, figuring that out. That seems like that is such a challenge for for us to go through and Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts or ideas on how to to maybe smooth that path with communication I do I was thinking a lot about intimacy and the expansion of the definition of intimacy where most of the time what what people really need is touch That is something that we're severely starved for, is touch. So I I talk a lot about the distinction between the different intimacies. There's physical, sexual, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual intimacy, and they're all important. There's a lot of other intimacies, too, but I focus on these five core ones. So a lot of times when we want touch, what our brains tell us and what we've been taught is, well, to receive touch means having sex of some sort. Right, right. When what we really want is touch, and it's not just women, it's men too. So if we were able to have our touch needs fulfilled, then then that would solve a lot of problems, I believe. Right, 
Oh, I agree. Um, if we were able to express our emotions freely, uh, if we were able to share ideas freely with each other and communicate with each other and be vulnerable and really ask for what we want, which again requires you to know yourself really, really well and to tap into that place in you, the courage, courageous space in you to say, here's what, what I really need in this moment, just like you did with your husband. Mm-hmm. And to communicate and ask for it. And at the same time, not become attached to an outcome. I was just going to say, I think the expectations, sometimes we we place, uh, when we do ask for touch, then there becomes a level of expectation that follows that. And to find balance there is certainly important for both mm-hmm. partners. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to know that if it's touch that you need, that what's really beautiful and it relieves a lot of pressure for both people is that you can get touch in a lot of different ways. For example, if your partner isn't available for whatever reason he's not available or she's not available emotionally, then there's no need to take that personally or become disappointed. You can detach from the outcome and then say, you know what? I really need hugs and cuddles. I'm going to call up my, my best girlfriend I'm going to go hang out with my kids. There's so many different ways that that could be fulfilled, and it relieves so much pressure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We we end up relying on one person. And if you think about that, it's pretty absurd. How could we rely on one person when there's so many amazing people in our lives that we could have deep intimacy with? And that has nothing to do with sex. You're right. You're right. And I think um, I, I, I'm a hugger and I always find that that exchange of energy when you hug someone from the heart is really a, it's such a blessing, but it's it's just an incredible feeling. And I think human beings, unfortunately, we don't come into each other's bubbles as much as we should. It's if they, mm-hmm. if they try it more, they'd like it more. It's wonderful. So, yeah, oh my it's, God, absolutely. it's incredible. Oh, that's it's just a space of vulnerability. To really, I've I've developed a practice of hugging people for a long time, and anything that's more than a second is a long time. And, <laughs> and breathe truly, and breathing with someone, and it's yeah. so uncomfortable for people to be in that space. It's like, whoa, we yeah. are really connecting here. It's not this fleeting thing. Yeah, and it satisfies your need for that little bit of intimacy and touch and oh, yes. all the things that we're looking for in life. So, no, that's yes. just great. Well, this is this portion's been wonderful. I love all the things that we're touching on, and I can't wait to get into the next segment. Um, again, I would invite callers out there if there's anyone that would like to come on and speak with Sophia and share your story we're going to take a quick break for just a few minutes Uh, the number is 1-866-472-5792 and we would absolutely love to hear from you and again Sophia this has been so fascinating I I find this topic to be one that um, goes beyond all borders. It's not something that's just about cancer. It's about all people out there. So I'm hoping that if the partners and friends that are listening to this who haven't been through cancer are, are taking a lot away from it as well. You've been just a blessing today. Thank but you. We'll be- 
and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Yvonne here. I'm with Sophia Traeger, the Sex and Intimacy Counselor we've been sharing a wonderful adventure with today. This has been so enlightening, Sophia. We are so grateful to have you here, kind of shedding some interesting light on a topic that can be very delicate and sensitive, and especially in the cancer community, because a lot of what happens to us happens at a time when we're not only facing the immediate diagnosis of cancer, we're also facing the fear of our own mortality. Uh, When someone hears the words cancer, there's just an immediate knee-jerk reaction that, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, you sit down and you start to plan who you're going to give your stuff to because you really are, you know, we're, we're in a society where, where the cancer word leads down a path that's very dark and scary. And you have to start making a lot of really important decisions, whether your diagnosis is serious or just at that, that level where you're facing treatment and you're going to be, quote unquote, cancer free when you're done, you're still looking at life from a different perspective. And I'd love to hear some of the ways that you have come up with to help cut out all the noise of what's happening to us at that time and how we can help make some decisions about our life both during treatment and after um, from this really deep inner knowing that that you seem to be so in touch with. What what really comes up for me when I'm when I'm teaching and working with people is there are so few opportunities that we create for ourselves to be in stillness, to, to be quiet, 
especially when a diagnosis is received of cancer, there's, I imagine, so much chaos and and just fear that arises and there's all these voices from doctors and family and friends who are saying a lot of different things and everyone has good and loving intentions. In the end, it is the woman who is making the decision. Mm -hmm. I can't emphasize enough how important it is to develop a practice or continue a practice if if one already has a, a, a meditation practice of taking time every single day to be in stillness to and what meditation is I'd like to dispel some myths because a lot of people say no I can't meditate it's not for me I can't make my thoughts stop <laughs> because you because that's not what meditation is meditation is about feeling and experiencing whatever it is that you're experiencing in the moment and being present and aware. That's what meditation is. So what do we have that we can be aware of all the time? It's our breath and our body. Meditation is being aware of the breath moving in the body and being aware of sensations in the body. Just that one act even for a few moments, is so calming. And it gives you an opportunity to, even when thoughts are coming up, you begin to learn not to attach to them so that you can tap into your inner guide, which I mentioned earlier, we all have an inner guide. We're just not very good at listening to it. (laughs) We need to tap into our inner guide to let that guide us in making decisions, whatever it is, in terms of treatment, in terms of what direction to take. The advice and suggestions from doctors, of course, is very important, and you can co-create with them, but you have to check in with yourself, too. And so that comes from developing or maintaining a practice of stillness and meditation uh, and asking yourself questions, asking yourself, what, it is, what is it that I need? What is it that's going to help me move forward? When you ask yourself and you really sit and listen, the answers come. And I can see that in issues of intimacy, too. We oftentimes don't really take the time to stop and, and listen to our inner voice of, of what we really want and need. You know, we kind of approach the subject mm-hmm. like a start and finish. You know, there's a there's a, a, a scale of, you know, all right, have we got to first base, second base, third base, or mm-hmm. fourth base? I'm not sure if there is a fourth base anymore. I've been, a, I've, I've been away from the game that way too long. But I think it's, you know, I think there's, there's a, a, a consistent viewpoint in our society that like you said earlier in the show that intimacy is sex and whether it is or it isn't um, we have to take the time to stop and like you say listen to that inner voice and find out what is it for me why is it what what is it important to me to have this outcome and how am I going to achieve that whether on your own or with a partner uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I can really hear that in your voice that you're really saying that we need to stop and listen more which I love 
Yeah, and I'm glad you're bringing up sex because I do want to talk about sex and sexuality because that is really important. All of it is important, and you're right. In terms of sexuality and sharing sexual intimacy with yourself, which I think is extremely important to really get to know yourself uh, and sharing it with somebody else is to, again, very similar, it's, it's, a, it's a meditation to stop and to experience each moment as you are touching, as you are feeling sensations arise in the body. I think a lot of us check out. For whatever reason, we check out of our bodies um, when we're having sex. And I, I would like to help people to come back into their bodies. It, it keeps coming back to this practice of coming back into your body and being in it and feeling. I mean, it's so amazing to feel sensations, to feel all of your body being alive, every part of you being alive, not just your genitals, not just right. your breasts, but every part of you. And it's actually quite arousing to slow down in that way and to be aware of every sensation as you're touching each other, as you're touching yourself, as you're touching the parts that you're scared to touch. And, and feeling that, and it's an energy, feeling that energy rise up, it's so juicy, and it has nothing to do with what your body looks like, ever. Right, right. It's just, we've attached to that. It's just, our body is sensation, and it's, it's just, it's so yummy to get and into do, that place. And as a woman who's been through a bilateral mastectomy, I do know that, um, you know, the breast area is what we all focus on. And like you say, to expand beyond that into other parts of the body, it's not like everything stops at first base. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing that we've been given. Our bodies are an amazing adventure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with um, sex in the body, you mentioned in one of your comments that we were talking about that there are windows that show us how we live our lives um, and that there are metaphor, interesting metaphors between sex and the body and how we live our lives. Um, how do you feel that all of those things kind of tie together with us? Hmm... I know with, you know, a lot of times I think if, if we're struggling in one aspect of our life where maybe our sexuality and our intimacy is, is struggling a bit from our circumstances, we may be more guarded and we may not necessarily be as open to um, other parts of our lives. I would imagine that mm-hmm. would directly affect us that way, too. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's a lot of parallels. Uh, I've been creating events, gatherings for women where I've been collaborating with dear friends of mine who are in, complete, who are in different businesses and fields than I am in, but there's so many parallels. I just had a soiree for women and the theme was money and sex. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, there's incredible parallels between money and sex and how much we fear talking about money, talking about sex, uh, how we 
don't like, you know, it's very vulnerable to go into that space and, you know, sex is an energy, money is an energy. Um, I have a soiree coming up that's going to be food and sex. Really? And the theme is savoring the sensual. How are we, what are we allowing into our bodies, into our lives, into our energy field? Um, how are we using What's our relationship with food and sex? How have we used food and sex to escape, to avoid? Um, how do we use it as an addiction? So there are so many parallels between, because they're powerful energies. Another one that is directly related is creativity. Mm. I've witnessed my clients who have opened sexually and who have awakened sexually, who have allowed themselves to experience pleasure and orgasm, that their creativity in their work, in their passions, have skyrocketed. They told me how much energy they have in day-to-day life that they didn't even know what to do with. It's really quite incredible. Um, So, like you said, looking at what am I avoiding sexually and am I avoiding similar kinds of intimacy or vulnerability in other parts of my life? And I love that you're connecting all of these programs to things that are that are easily comprehensible. Your your practice that you have are people able to meet with you one on one, or um, do you have couples counseling programs? How do how do you run your your particular service? The way that I work is I have a really powerful foundational three month program called From Fear to Radical Pleasure that I, my client, because it's, it's a deep transformative process and the key word is process. It's not a, you know, you come in for a session and then you maybe come in for another session. This is a journey that I take you through, that I walk with you to know, to know yourself and trust yourself. And it is one-on-one coaching combined with yoga. So I'm also oh, nice. a yoga teacher. And that's really important that because I've spoken so much about getting into the body, right? getting into the body and then uh, processing through coaching, they go together really well. And it sounds uh, like all of these programs are on your website, which we'll have available on the show here as well. So mm-hmm. if people would yeah. like to reach out to you, they can certainly reach you through that. And yeah. um yeah, I just think that's wonderful, and I love that you're doing um, these presentations out in the community. We're, we're hoping to have you be a participant with our organization as well, so mm-hmm. we're hoping to build a relationship in the future that, that women will be able to contact you through Breast Friends, so it's really exciting yeah. to have this time to share with you. But yes, it's um, it sounds like uh, with your programs too, people are really given that that hands-on approach. You're not, like you say, just one or two visit. That they're actually able to spend a lot of quality no. time with you. Yes, yes, it's really. I give a lot of attention, a lot of customization, even within a powerful structure that is my program. Um, it is one-on-one. And I tend to work with one person at a time, but 
if it's relevant, we can do more. People can invite their partners in, and I'm open to working with couples if it makes sense. Perfect. In terms of their own individual growth, because. Perfect. A lot of times we deflect and want to place a lot of attention on a relationship. And you know, Sophia, I hate to say it, but we're actually almost out of time. And if anyone would like to reach out and connect with you on more, we have all the information. But I just want to make sure everyone knows that they can visit the www.breastfriends.org for a link to our host. And we will be back next week. I'm going to be here next week. And until then, just remember, there's always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Blessings to everyone, and thank you, Sophia, for joining us today. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.